to Three Peeps in a Podcast. My name is Patch and this is a landmark episode. We're going to be covering a, a few things later in later in the show. Um, for example, so big landmark for us, 50,000 downloads, um, a massive achievement. Uh, we're well happy with that. Thanks to everyone who's ever downloaded the podcast. It's, uh, you know, we, we set the podcast up just as three guys having a chat and, um, you know, we thought we'd record it because other people might enjoy it. And it uh, turns out they did. So glad we did that. Um, I turned 40 over the weekend. So a landmark for me. Rich turns 50 next weekend. Um, and today is a landmark because it's the first stage of the lockdown from back at the beginning of January easing. And the first stage means that some outdoor facilities can open. So I'm glad to welcome Jack from David Lloyd. Jack, how are you, sir? I'm very good, Patch. I'm very good. Uh, you know, congratulations on hitting 40. I would say you don't look it, but, you know, the uh, lockdown's not been as kind to you as it has to me. Hey, <laughs> I, look, I, look, I look 50. <laughs> and fifty thousand downloads wow yeah That's yeah good. no it's it's uh it's amazing it's um it, as i say something we never thought we'd we'd achieve and not to be too sentimental but obviously we lost one of the three peeps um to cancer last year so it was one of the things that that we said and he wanted us to continue this on and um you know hopefully he, he's getting a kick out of it as well so uh, yeah definitely well, well 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 done and uh you know keep doing a good work Good. Thank you, thank good. you, sir. No, so, so Jack, you've had a busy day today. The reopening, <laughs> the, the, the partial, partial reopening of David Lloyd yeah. in Emerson's Green. Um, yeah. First of all, you didn't turn up to a flood or anything, did you? Not this time. No, we took no, no. Thank goodness, we didn't have ten days of uh, of hell to get through. We had sort of seven days of uh, you know a little bit of gardening and setting up. We, what we've tried to do, Patch, and all honesty, we've set up indoors ready for the 12th um, because that's when we think we'll be allowed to open up most of the indoor facility. Um, we're still waiting for clarity on things like saunas, um, steam rooms, and, and we know group exercise will still be doing, be, be outside until sort of middle of May. Um, so it, it, we've, we've actually done a bit of a number on the club in regard to get it fully ready so that we can just launch straight back into it. So today, you know, we, we're, we're operating group exercise under the marquees again. Um, socially distant sun lounges have been have been um, sort of fastened together so they can't be moved we've got to keep them at two meter distances um, we've opened up the uh, outdoor spa um, so people can use the outdoor facilities so you've got the spas the pools um, obviously the group X is outdoors and the one tennis court um, we've had so far today about 215 people come through the door already which has been great um, and as I said, it, it's great to be back at work and seeing our members, you know, and, and, and the support that we've had whilst, you know, it's been challenging and it's been challenging for everybody. Um, I, I, you know, how people have, have coped is I think this time round has been very, very um, different to the previous lockdowns. Uh, I know personally, I found lockdown three really hard, um, not being able to, to, to sort of see a line of sight of when we're going back. And then suddenly it, it all changed very, very quickly. Um, which has been great. It's great to be unfurled and back to work and, and and doing sort of the day job, albeit a little bit different at the moment. But the club, the club looks great. There's no floods. Um, we've not had any damage. We've had quite a lot of litter to pick up because I think the local ice cream ice cream van has been parking in the car park. But that's all been done. Um, got a few new team members on board. We're recruiting as well, which is a really good sign for for our industry. And not not many uh, of our competitors are doing that at the moment. And, and we, as David Lloyd, certainly are. 
Um, so yeah, we we hope to get back to full operation, uh, you know, fairly quickly, given you know the government guidance and, and how we're working with with uh, with the COVID guidelines. Um, and we've you know my CEO Glenn has been at the forefront of, of driving that through the government with with a couple of other um, business leaders, and and we've we've sort of set the standard, which is great to be part of that. Um, so yeah, it's it's good to be back. It's good to get in the car and drive to work and have a purpose, Absolutely. you know. So yeah, it's good fun. Sounds fantastic. I mean, you mentioned the staff there. Um, you got you haven't seen some of these guys in person for for three months, and you you've built up such a good rapport with the staff, and everyone seems you know to to get on, and everyone can chip in in different areas. Um, how good is that to get back with those staff, and and also just uh, walk through some of maybe the the jobs that you've got available. Yeah, so you know, we we held um, a few Zoom quizzes. I think everybody knows how to use Zoom, whether whether it's a benefit or not. Now, sometimes you don't want to allow your your boss or your colleagues into your house. You just want to switch them off. But um, no, look, we've had a few quizzes with the with the management team, and and we've you know I keep in touch through social media with the wider club team. Everyone who's had a birthday through lockdown has had a personal you know happy birthday from me and the management. So we're, we're keeping active. We're trying to keep them as informed. But it did get to a point patch where there wasn't much to tell people. It was just like, kind of, we don't know when we're going to be open. And suddenly when we got that that kickstart by, by by the government, it was like, right, we'll get back. The staff at this club, and I've, I've run a, you know, quite a few David Lloyds for, for the company, but Emerson's Green in particular, maybe it's the, the Southwest attitude. I think it probably is. But more so over this side of the city, people are just ringing me up saying, Jack, do you need a hand? I'll come in a litter pick. I'll come and clean some windows. I'll come and help you out. They don't want money. They, they just want to do something. And that you can't ask for that. And you're right, that club team and that bond is, is, is really special. Um, currently, areas that we're recruiting for, well, look, we're getting ready for the summer because you know what it's like. It's like uh, Ocean Beach down here in the summer, you know, where the weather's, weather's good. Um, we're looking for lifeguards. We will be looking for bar staff. Um, we'll look for some of the um, David Lloyd kids team. So anybody sort of students or, or even you know, anyone really, we'll look at anybody. And we like a diverse sort of um, workforce that, that are all ages. So apply within, go go to our, our David Lloyd website, you'll pick up Emerson screen and then look for the jobs that are available. Um, and I think that's really positive in this in this current time. I think there's a lot of doom and gloom in the news of companies that are having to shut down and you know, people being made redundant. And actually, we're, we're looking at the flip side. We think we'll bounce back really, really quick. Um, you know, the last 12 months of, of, of business trade, we've been operating for the best part of three. And it's been really hard. Um, you know, so it, it, we know we'll bounce back. We know our members want to come back. We know that they're, you know, they're, they're keen, keen exercises and, and the social aspect of this club. I know Steve's lining up his... Uh, his bar team and we've got all sorts planned as soon as the government allows us to do it i think uh, i think alcohol sales will go through the roof <laughs> absolutely <laughs> absolutely yeah it's uh it's, it's coming coming up to that time again when i think it's actually supposed to be about 18 degrees today so um yeah there's one yeah. where you want to be outside um and just before sort of around sort of late later last year that your outdoor bar went up didn't it it was never never been used i didn't think never but it, <laughs> it's there ready to go <laughs> they're ready to go we're just turning it on getting a beer 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 ready to flow but um yeah, look, you know, it's a destination that you come to and you don't, you don't want to go home. And, and that's, you know, we are looking at how do we manage that capacity issue? We're still under a capacity um, programme because we, we've got to make sure that it's safe and that, that everybody stays safe and well. And that is a priority. Some things that have changed um, after the, pre, you know, the, the most recent lockdown is we won't allow anyone access without a face mask. 
Um, it, it, we would just won't let that happen. Um, to exercise in the gym, it would be sort of between equipment. You put your face mask back on. When you're exercising in a group environment outside, you can you don't have to wear a face mask. Um, and we're we're really quite keen on that. And and you will be sort of asked to to, to not bother entering um, at the door. It's to protect my staff, to protect all the other members. Um, and it's about members being a bit savvy. You know, when you go shopping in the supermarkets, there is the red and light, you know, red and uh, green light that, that stops you entering and, and give people space. It's exactly the same when you're in a gym. We're going to have to make sure that that, that environment is kept pretty clear. Um, and if everybody works to that rule and, and works with us, then it'll be a real happy place to be. And, you know, it, it's about everyone being a bit sensible because the last thing anyone wants, and I think in any industry, is for us to go into another lockdown. Mm. Um, more importantly, I don't want to do any more homeschooling. Absolutely. I'm with you there. Um, <laughs> so just very quickly, for the next two weeks, um, yeah. do you sort of enter through the side yeah. door? Or? No, no, no. So you come in as normal um, with a face mask on. There's the sanitized station. As soon as you walk in the main doors, um, you'll be greeted by one of my, my fantastic reception team. Um, you then use your card to swipe in. Um, they're all active. They will swipe through the gate. And then you literally just walk straight through the bar area, straight outside. Um, there is one toilet available internally. That's a disabledly done in the DL Kids area. Um, but, you know, we ask people to try not to use it because obviously we've got to make sure that we, we follow the COVID rule. And then it is all outside. So the Group X, there's two marquees set up. Um, we're running pretty much, I think at the moment, 98 classes a week um, that, are, that are pretty full. So we'll add some more to it. Um, the pool is open. The kids' pool is open for family swim between the hours of two and five. And then you've got the spa open in the in the uh, in the spa area um, outside, and and then you would leave. You know there are no changing facilities, and that is something that the government have, have stipulated. So you have to learn how to do the towel shimmy. Um, some of my shake staff it, shake it off. Yeah, some <laughs> of my staff will be more than happy to help hold towels. I'm sure, um, or maybe not. Um, but then you exit through the fire exit um, straight into the car park, and then off you go. Um, as I said, you know, just over 200 guests through this morning. That, that was I counted that at 12. Um, I think it will pick up after school. We we are aware, you know, schools break up on Friday for Easter. Um, we are quite strict on capacity. So between two and five will be family swim sessions every day. Um, and then obviously from the from the 12th, we'll get back to a more normal structure and hopefully we'll be able to uh, get more staff back. There's only three managers back from from furlough um and a, and a small selection of, of reception team and sales team um so we're, we're, we're running really lean at the moment because we've done this offer where we where we sort of don't don't charge a four months membership um for the first 12 days so that's that's quite important to us it's about getting members back in to use us absolutely well i i i can't can't wait to come back up it's been uh it seems like ages uh it's only been three months but it's been a long three months um so yeah can't wait to come back up and, and see you guys and get back into the swing of things and it's it's been uh yeah uh since you guys opened in november 2019 <laughs> um it's been a, a stop start strategy what's what's amazing for this club is uh we opened it in record time we did the fastest build ever done with the most member count ever got we've closed it and reopened it three or four times since so this isn't club 100 anymore i think it's about club 104 <laughs> yeah exactly and we didn't really get a chance to celebrate your one-year birthday either so i think that, you know, that, that all rolls over to the summer now i absolutely agree it was myself and two of the membership ladies that were, were stuck in the club trying to answer as many queries as possible we jumped outside with a balloon and let it go it's like happy one-year anniversary so yeah hey look the summer plans you know 
not many people are getting on planes this year to, to fly away. So the destination is definitely David Lloyd Emerson's green and it'll be a, yeah, it'll be a party atmosphere, I think, from about nine in the morning till about nine at night, I believe. Wow. Can't wait for that. That's me, great. Jack, <laughs> it's been great to hear from you. So nice to see you, great see to, your face again. Great to speak to you. Uh, mate, we'll um, we'll be um, back later in a few months' time with some updates on uh, which Definitely. which superstar DJs you're going to be having down there. Oh uh, well, yeah, we got it all lined up. Yeah, we got it all lined up. <laughs> Thanks, well, Pat. Stay with us, guys. After the break, we're going to have myself, Rich, and a guest from Singapore, um, a friend of the show, Matt Penn, who is going to be talking us through what life is like in lockdown in Singapore. Uh, he's probably going to make us extremely jealous because uh, I I've heard lots of things are pretty much you know the old normal so um looking forward to hearing about that but for now jack thanks for joining us we'll speak soon thanks for in the podcast okay welcome back everybody um great to hear from jack there about david lloyd's reopening and two weeks time more will be open there so uh can't wait to get up and get involved right so i told you at the start of the podcast we'd be talking about some landmarks so the landmarks were 50,000 downloads for three peeps in a podcast, me turning 40, Rich turning 50. Not yet. Not or, yet. Uh, don't hasten don't to rush add. it. Don't rush hasten it. To add. Yeah, so I turned 40 on the 27th and Rich turns 50 on the 2nd of April. Um, before we get our guest on, let's talk a little bit about that. I was a little bit, um, not apprehensive, but just... The, the thought of turning 40 and being in my 40s was only getting to me in the last few days of my 30s, but I soon got over it. Um, but Rich, cast your mind back to turning 40. How did you, did you feel any anything that you were uh, like any regrets or things that you wish you'd have done that sort of thing? How did you feel? I've, I've done it all patch in my short life so far. So I, I always get this argument when people say oh you're old blah blah i'd rather reach it than not reach it wouldn't you so oh yeah true to me being alive is still a, a good achievement my 40th i was just starting a new job i was just becoming to join the company i'm at now but right. yeah as you know i was a postman for three years weren't i mm. so i was just leaving my postman's job and on my 40th is when i the week before my 40th i handed my notice in from the royal mail and then i was joining my new job it was going to be on the April the 13th. So I was, I was kind of having a two-week sabbatical on my 40th. Oh, that works out well, didn't it? That wasn't bad, was it, for a 40th? Oh, absolutely. But no, I, I, I don't mind getting old. I mean, I got, like I said, it's better to get old than not get old. And your, your party trick, as, as regular listeners will know, is that you actually don't look your age. Um, you probably look, you know, in, in, your for, in your 40s. But early 40s, I'd well, say. Well, I, I was always quite confident look, not looking my age, but recently my wife's been telling me to moisturise. <laughs> and my, apparently my neck looks old. And even even my even my uh, daughter's been pointing it out. A bit like, um, what was her name? In Dirty Barlow, right. on Carnation Street. She's named for kind of neck. What have you got, like skin patterns or something? Well, I think because I think I've, I've lost a bit of weight during the lockdown. I think the ligaments kind of show up more in the neck. Right. Okay. The, the muscles and whatever. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, thoughts of turning fifty then. Similar approach. Not not too concerned. Just uh, that sort of thing. Well, turning fifty on Friday. It was good of the government to make it a bank holiday. Obviously, Good Friday. So uh, that's you know, pleased for them. Um, mm. No, fifty. The same as you boys. I'm not being funny, but I was born closer to the end of the Second World War. Second World War, 
Easy than, for you to say. Than I've lived. And the same for you, because you were born... 1981. Is it 36 years after the end of the Second World War War? So you've outlived that already? Does that make you feel old? Did you say World World War then? Second World this... War. I can't say it. Too many W's, isn't it? <laughs> like John, imagine Jonathan Ross. Imagine Jonathan Ross saying it. Second World War. Yeah. With that gap between what yeah. you've lived is longer than the gap between gotcha. the end of the war and your birth. Yeah. Yeah. And um, obviously in recent times with, with the COVID pandemic, it, uh, you know, it's almost been a bit of a flashback for some people to, to the world war times when we, we didn't have rations or anything. And it's nowhere near the situation that they faced um, in, in those times. But it's uh, certainly been a challenge for people who, you know, it's first world problems in in the main. But uh, I'm going to bring in our guest now because Matt Penn, who's a regular listener and someone that I went to school with, um, now lives in Singapore. And just wanted to touch base with you, Matt, and see, A, how you are, B, how things are developing in Singapore. And I said, you're probably going to just make us all feel really jealous by telling us that, yeah, nothing's really changed. Is that about right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, to, to some extent, thanks for having me back on. Nice to see you, Patch and and, and Rich. Hello, Matt. Um, hello, hello. I think yeah. Th- I mean, things are um, think things are relatively normal. Um, I think the last time I was on, uh, when I spoke to you, I was um, stra- stranded. If that's the right word, stranded in the UK um, uh, because we couldn't get back to Singapore because the we'd just gone into the first UK lockdown and the borders had closed for Singapore uh, but I'm sure there'll be more on that later um, but yeah things are things are relatively normal I mean we've been very fortunate here in that uh, there have only been 29 deaths and that's 29 people so don't get me wrong but 20 just 29 it's a population of about five and a half million on the island the island um, of, the island of Singapore yeah the, uh, the island and city-state of Singapore, yeah. It's a city okay. and a country and all on one island. And, and how would you equate that in terms of the size of, uh, of a city in the UK? Uh, I think I looked this up. It's, it's about the size of the population of inner London, not greater London. So like right. the, the big M25 bit, but what's, what's classed as inner London. So okay. that's, that's the population. But it's, it's uh, a large proportion of um immigrants you know so non-singaporean born mm. myself being one of those so it's foreign workers there's lots of foreign domestic workers there's uh lots of um construction workers as you can hear in the background that noise <laughs> is a construction site which is still happening right now although they're shutting down it's 8 p.m um so there's a real mix of population but yeah things have been relatively normal here um they had a what they called a circuit breaker which was their version of lockdown last april that's the only time there's been restricted movements uh but once singapore emerged from that lockdown or that circuit breaker um a few things were put in place that remain and some of them still remain today so at that point you could have no more than five people could gather that's five people at your home five people in a restaurant in a bar um establishments that serve food sorry that don't serve food rather than just serve drinks couldn't open um and then uh one meter social distancing uh contact tracing so going into a shop or a mall you have to you have to scan an app scan a qr code so they know where you've been 
uh, and then uh, mandatory masks to be worn other outside of your, your house other than when you're doing strenuous exercise. So all of that has remained in place since last, well, June when their uh, lockdown, May, June when their, when their circuit breaker ended. And um, other than a slight relaxation at Christmas to move the number of, to meeting up from five to eight, um, they've just made some more changes to allow um, uh, sports events to go up and concerts to go up to 750. Uh, there is weddings can go to 250. But if you've not been vaccinated, you have to take a PCR test, uh, like it's a rapid test. Mm. If you have been vaccinated, of which they are now uh, about 10% way through the population, that's both vaccines, both first and second doses. Um, you don't have to take a test. So soon we'll start to see things. So have they got uh, like a, a card or something or a passport or something like that to, to show? They yeah, they'll, yeah, there'll be a vaccination kind of passport. It'll be linked to your profile. It's such an incredibly digital city. Everything is through uh, one portal, like all your driving license, um, all your medical records, everything that you have connection with your government links to one number which is what they call a, a FIN number. So whether you're a Singapore national or you employ, hold an employment pass like I do, everything's linked through to that number. You can't, you can't do anything without that number. So everything links through so they can quickly determine just by scanning just your pass your, whether you just have or you have. scanning your eyes. <laughs> just, scan, just scanning <laughs> the chip in your wrist. Exactly. People happy with that to have that kind of... I remember there was talk of in this country having this kind of card that you carried. And I think people thought it's a bit of an intrusion of you know, your private life kind of thing. Everyone's happy just to have everything stored. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing you notice about here. You have a massively compliant population. Like there's no, no protests. People, the government says something, they do it. And the government are really quick with things. They'll decide from one day to the next, the rules change. And that's it. People abide because the penalties are severe. And because there's so many foreigners that are here, again, I'll class myself as a foreigner, um, you could be deported. So if, like me, your livelihood depends on being here, that's your yeah. entire life, you have to go. So that's why there's such a, such a compliant population. So the concept of, I mean, clearly people are concerned about privacy in some ways, but there's no way around it. And the government, you know, the government has the final say. Rules are rules. They are indeed. Yeah, it's almost have a little bit of a look into the future, I think, um, in more ways than one. Well, I've got, I got no problem. If, if you've got nothing to hide, then you should be fine with it, shouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so Matt, obviously, life is as normal as it as it can be for you. Obviously, you haven't been able to come home to see your your parents and your wife's parents for well for quite some time. And um, when you came back to Singapore, did you have to quarantine or anything like that? Was there was there rules in place? You had to sort of quarantine for a set period of time, or yeah. So and that, actually, that's still that's one point that still remains right now. So you can't you can't come in as a tourist. You can only come in if you have been accepted by the um, uh, either the Ministry of Health or the Ministry of Manpower, Ministry of Magic. Um, you you basically. Um, have to serve a 14 day uh well it's what they call a stay at home notice which from certain countries like australia 
as you know, Australia, that's they've changed the rules. Certain countries, I can't remember which ones they are, you do your two weeks stay at home. And it is exactly what it describes because the government will call you every day. They will what? check your location. They will ask you to uh, video FaceTime with them to check you're still at home. Wow. If you leave for any reason, then that's obviously grounds for uh, it's there's there's fines and of course deportation, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm okay. painting, I'm actually painting. I'm actually painting a really bad picture. So it's not, it's not at all like, not at all what it sounds like. How have they, they got time to face FaceTime in everybody and things like that? That's uh, insane. Got, yeah, they've got the re- they've got the re- they've they know how they've done it. But they've got the resources. So uh, we came back to Singapore in uh, June. So we were approved, and within a week, we were on a plane. Uh, there was probably no more than thirty people on the plane from Heathrow to Singapore. Bearing in mind that was sort of at a low point in the UK's case numbers. So things felt like they were getting back to normal. Uh, and we landed here and the airport was just deserted. And then we were basically hurried through passport control and straight onto a bus. So you couldn't, you couldn't leave the terminal building any other way. Like they'd arranged it all in such a way. Um, and you didn't, we didn't know where we were going until we got onto the bus. So basically, depending on what bus you were put on, determined where you were going. So we had to serve a stay at home in a hotel because we we're coming from the UK. It was one of those rules. Your stay at home wasn't at home. It was in a hotel. So we ended up in a hotel for two weeks, which with a three-year-old is definitely a test of everybody's um, uh, patience and well. Fortunately, our son is is, um, is quite well mannered, and we actually ended up getting two rooms that were adjoined, so I could oh, actually nice. carry on working during the day. They had the room in the day, and then we'd open them up. And then if he then when he went to bed early at night, we'd we'd separate him in the other room, yeah. and we'd have our own space. So it wasn't it. That was what I was dreading: is two you know two weeks cannot leave a hotel room, no balcony, can't open a window, oh can't leave. That's enough to send some people do lally, isn't it? It's um, yeah. It's uh, with a child. It's hard. It'd be hard enough just two adults, but when you throw a child into mm. the mix, did you have to pick up the tab for that, or how did that work? Yeah. Yes. It, well, it depends on the arrangement your company has. So right, okay. some companies, some companies have, um, will uh, get you to pay it. Uh, I was fortunate in the fact that my company uh, covered the cost of that, and then they do intend in time to recoup that cost from me. Although there's, you know, you never know how that plays out in the future because there's a lot of people coming, coming and going. It also depends on the circumstances you were on, you were away, you know, if you were stuck away on business or whether you had actively, you know, gone on holiday, but then got stuck, you know, if you knowingly left knowing that you would have to quarantine, there's lots of different, different rules. Permutations. um, Exactly. So Matt, I think you're actually, you're 40 already, aren't you? Yeah, I just joined that club actually. <laughs> when when yeah. was yours? It was uh, last month. It was the end of February. Okay. Well, I hope I messaged you and said happy birthday. Um, but you're in the club, so we're all in our forties on this. Still, podcast. I'm still in my forties. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in the I'm in the forties with Rich. That's uh, that's just dawned on me actually. Um, Welcome. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Not, it's not too bad, Patch. It's not too bad, mate. No, no, it's not. I mean, I'm. Um, yeah, playing football this evening. That's that started up again. So yeah, I'm, ba- I'm back tomorrow. 
Yeah, so I've actually said, can I just go in goal? Because I didn't really want to run around just yet. Find, find my feet in my 40s first. <laughs> I, I think I actually feel quite, I feel fitter, really. Do you? I've been doing a lot of cycling through lockdown. I kept my diet, not say diet as in I'm on diet, but I've kept my eye on what I'm eating because I've been working from home. The, the, obviously, the temptation to just raid the cupboards now and again is there, but I just make sure I've stuck to a, what I would be eating at work. So, well, I, I did very well. I just want to give you a quick, quick few highlights um, of my birthday present. So I've got a champagne balloon flight, which I'm absolutely petrified at the moment. The thought, the thought of, of going up in the air and just a balloon keeping me up there is quite frightening. And uh, it's, uh, it's something that I, I am looking forward to because it will be amazing. The sights, the sights, I'm sure, and the sound will be fantastic. But, uh, yeah, I can't quite get my head around that one at the moment. Have either of you guys done a balloon flight? No, I'll be, I'll be the same as you. I'd love to do it. I, I wouldn't mind doing it if there was no kind of – if it was like, say, you're in a shell, you know what I mean, like a, and you couldn't get out. But I think because it's open, obviously it's up to your waist and up to your chest height, yeah. there's still that chance that – I've mentioned this before in many a podcast, with heights – I always get that feel. I want to jump off. Like if I got, if I cross a bridge, <laughs> uh, edge of a cliff, I just want to jump off. See what it'd be like. Obviously, I know what happened, yeah. but I can't. I can't even watch videos on YouTube about my legs turning to jelly. When you see these these maniacs walking on cranes and things like that, my legs mm. are just jelly. Just watching the video. Yeah. No. Uh, it's so one. What I'm I'm I am excited about about it. But are you doing I'm Bristol like... or Bath? I don't know. Actually, good point. Not sure. Um, but uh, yeah, that's actually on the 12th of April, so I'm not even that far away. Obviously, wind dependent. Weather but, pending, um, yes. Yeah, it's one of those. But I, I got uh, enough enough beer to open up uh, a, a small pub, so that that's that's always nice. <laughs> I just like to have a well-stocked fridge and office. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, that's going to last me um, quite some time, I think. Um, some really nice, really nice personalized, you know, 40 stuff and, and things like that. My wife went to a, a lot of effort with, I've got these fantastic lights. So a four, not, not to, to have forever, but, um, you know, just to have some pictures by and stuff, a big four zero, which I have to say, if you're looking for that FX venue styling and party on Facebook for those in Bristol, not in Singapore, but, um, really reasonable. They, they provide the lights, which look fantastic and some great balloons at really great prices. So um, do get in touch with FX Venue Styling and Party if you are looking to plan something. How old? How old's the lady wife? My lady wife is 40 in two weeks. Well, uh, less, so can... than, less than two weeks. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm having <laughs> keeping older than for two weeks. So, um, yeah, and it's uh, friend's birthdays on, on the weekend in between. And your youngest child is? Outdoor gathering. How uh, old's the young boy? Um, so he's three. Unfortunately, so he's not. Yeah, take the note. Take the note off, and well, we could keep hold of the four until November, but uh, might get in the way a little bit. But uh, yeah, so so many great great gifts. I've got a rum tasting experience, um, the wave experience in Bristol, which uh, which I'm looking forward to. Lots of personalised bits, but I also got um, from Park Lane Memorabilia. My my mother purchased mother and father purchased me. It's a Karate Kid poster. But it's signed by Ralph Machio, who you may not know is, it, is the Karate Kid. Is it is it a printed sign or is it real signed? Well, just just talk talk amongst yourselves. Well, we just pretend. Well, what are you doing? Oh, you're going to get it, are you? Here we are. Here we are. See that? Do you want to describe it to the listeners, Rich? 
is a Karate Kid poster with a montage, a well, collage of photos around it of scenes from the film. And the signature in the middle. If you can... uh, what's, what's in the bottom middle? Is that a authentication thing? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, Cobra Kai as it is now, so you're still famous. Well, exactly. And um, I very much, very much like the, the Cobra Kai series. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, so um yeah it's i would have i would have got that and wanted that regardless of cobra kai but uh, there's lots of people jumping on the bandwagon now aren't there probably what spurred him on exactly exactly but no absolutely spoiled i've got um a, a collage of video messages i think it's the book of everyone that you submit a link to people and they send them in and the first clip on there was rich brown was it oh was it alphabetical was it no it was uh, it was done in in order of submission. So that means you were the most efficient. Well, that's funny because I was panicking. I thought I was going to be the last. <laughs> I thought I was going to be, I thought, <laughs> I thought, I thought I was going to get, be getting a heated message. Yeah. So where is it? You swine. No, you, uh, you called me a big oath, which was heartfelt. Yeah. Um, and yeah, some, some really, some really nice messages. I mentioned there. your, uh, changing hairstyle over the years. Yeah. With the hair and that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you've been you've been keeping up your cycling, which is which is great, and you enjoying yeah, doing and that still. I know I'm getting a paddleboard, so um, oh, and um, I made my friends already got one, and two other friends are getting one, so the cycling could change into a paddleboarding. Can you cycle so we, with the paddleboard upon your back, or is it a bit too big? I think it's a bit too big, but with the bike I got, the Brompton, I reckon I could fold it up and put it on the end of the paddle boat and paddle along. But that's a bit risky. Only, no, only takes one. <laughs> only takes one thing to go wrong, doesn't it? And it just is it be at the bottom of the river? So exactly. Where are you thinking of going? Down like Beezy's sort of area, or yeah, or there's a, a good act because I did it on my birthday two years ago in Bath. There's a good access by the new development there. It's easy to get on. You just aim towards Poultney Bridge, and coming back the other way, it's kind of you wouldn't notice it, but there's a small kind of tidal effect. So you can, on the way back, you could almost stand on it, and it'd bring you home. Fantastic. But yeah, I uh, Bristol Harbour, there'll be, uh, I think there's plenty of places to go. Warley Weir. I've Googled a few places, so. Mm, okay, we we'll look forward to some forward tales to from the paddleboard coming up soon on Three Peeps in the Podcast. Matt, have you ever Just done avoid... paddleboarding? I haven't. No, people do it here. You do see them out on a Saturday, Sunday morning on, on the sea. What, trying to escape? But, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they get stopped, stopped by the Coast Guard. As soon as you hit the Indonesian border, that's it. Brilliant. Oh, we're I haven't tried. No, I haven't tried it. Good for the core, I'm told. Good for the core. Oh, yeah, sure exactly. Yeah. Sure stress. It it's good for stress. Not like I know having two young kids is not stressful at all. But um, it's good for stress. Uh, yeah, core. Brilliant. Balance everything. Wow. Well, yeah. It's like a midlife some... crisis, isn't it? I got. Wow. Well, <laughs> yeah. I thought I was midlife. Blimey. Um, Rich, you must have. Uh, you must have a few rants lined up. What's the what's the latest thing that's um, that's annoying Rich Brown? Apart from well, I don't know if it is apart from turning fifty. You seem seem okay about it. I'm okay with it, to be honest. Um, I, I, I just want there's a question out there for listeners who may have small dogs or those who have big dogs. Why do little dogs just bark all the time? So not even at anything. Because there's a neighbour of ours. I, I hope they don't listen. But, um, I can see their light come on in their garden when they let the dog out for a, a poo or a wee whatever. It just barks. So this is at night, say 10 o'clock. So there's nothing, there's no one breaking into their house. There's no children around. I just bark. My dog don't bark constantly. My, my dog will bark if the front door goes and that'd be it. 
But these little dogs are just yapping, yapping, yap at nothing. That's all you can hear in the surrounding area. And it does my tits in. And it's going to get even worse because soon it's going to get hot, isn't it? So we're going to have the windows open later at night. Just yapping dogs. Why do they, what are they barking at? Do you want me to answer that? Have you, have you Googled it, have you? Yep. All right. There we go. So well, small dogs have to vocalize more to be noticed. Small dogs are often rewarded for their barking by being fed, brought inside the house, put upon a lap, couch, or bed. Some small dogs are bred to be barkers. Some terriers, Jesus. shelties, schnauzers are a few examples. Why would you buy a dog that just barks? Why would you, why would you breed a dog to bark? Yeah. Sorry, like getting a guard dog who... You're not going to be scared of a yap, are you? If you're breaking into a house and a little dog just yaps at you, you're just going to kick it. Okay, some, some top tips as well here. Top tips for ignoring the barking. Move. Um, so what? how do I get my small dog to stop barking? One, ignore the barking. When you put your dog in their, yeah. cr- in their crate, who puts it's not dog my dog in a crate? Well, I'm just trying to help the people who've got small dogs. Um, uh, so when you put your dog in their crate or in, in a gated room. Put some rocks in it. Turn, the- turn your back and ignore them. Uh, once they stop barking, turn around and praise them. As they catch on to that, they'll be quiet. So there you go. So right, I'll, pass, I'll pass that on. If you could. Why don't you get that printed on a little card with Paste you know, it Rich through. Brown, Three Peeps in the Podcast, tips for stop your dog barking. Hand it over to them because it's it will all advertise the podcast and help you. Okay, so even though my neighbours probably help me, uh, hate me for that, you That's still worth, want, worth you want the to, risk. You want to advertise the brand of Free Peeps in a podcast. Well, maybe not. Maybe <laughs> not. <laughs> Public service. Yeah, exactly. Just to help with a little labrat on the back. Yeah, just just in case you want your dog to start barking all the time. Here you but, go. But what the funny thing is, before these neighbours bought their own dog, they used to moan at the neighbour's dog who did bark. Who've, they've since moved. Ah, so but they used getting, to. Oh, they're not yeah, even moved them since, back. So the original barking dog has moved. It's like they felt they had to fill the void. I guess. Matt, do you get any barking dogs in Singapore? Well, they eat them, don't they? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> very, very rarely, actually. I don't I don't recall a dog, really any dog barking. But you know, I'm like no, Patch. Do... Any, any noise, and I, I, oh, I yeah. focus on it, don't I? Any... We've, got it around, we've got it around here. There's a dog that goes out for a walk. At, you can pretty much time your, your watch by them. 9 p.m., you hear the dog. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah constant selfish um, yeah so um yeah there we go i'm a i'm a cat person anyway so yeah i heard i heard you like a little bit of Wee. <laughs> <laughs> oh brilliant so yeah okay people don't have cats people don't have cats so much here you cannot allow you know they're not allowed to be let out i'm not a cat fan they have to be house cats hang on let's explore that a bit more what's the sort of the, the thought process there she <laughs> <You> don't know <laughs> They might get attacked by monkeys. Oh, have you, got, have you got monkeys roaming the streets? Have you? <laughs> well, well, not so much the streets, but if you go up, like there's, a, the there's a nature reserve. PG tipped over it. I know, they're all, they're all sat around. Move, move in the tunnel. You live in Gibraltar, um, do you? <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, there's a nature reserve just a bit further up from here. And I've been out for a, a run on a Saturday morning and they were all, they were just sat there, a group of monkeys. The old snake. I was waiting for a punchline there. Yeah, like singing, <laughs> like singing "Daydream Believer" or something. 
there was a, there was a dog uh, there was a dog that was eaten by a snake uh, recently. Crikey. But there was a Pomeranian that was uh, oh, that was swallowed. Is it a Pomeranian? The big big white fluffy things. Okay. Uh, it, it was uh, there's a, there's a place a bit further up called Holland Village and somebody let their dog out and realized why has it gone silent oh. uh, it's because it had been swallowed whole by the uh the snake so, by so the there you go rich if that's yeah. that's what you need you need a snake get to the uh, local reptile yeah that's a cracking idea Richard. for you take that one away remember that um so plus Cr- kirsten really hates snakes as well so kill two <laughs> kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> literally um so yeah one of our other regular segments we got rich's rant and we've got Room of Doom. So this is something that uh, is, is very much like Room 101. You put something forward that uh, that is a big irk of yours. Um, and obviously we've had 151 of these. So um, let's let's start with our Room of Doom. Um, I'll go first, just to give Matt some, some time in case he hasn't thought of one. Um, so this is a bit of a, a, a flashback for me. And I, I it, it came to four... When I went through a drive-through um, recently, not a drive-through, a, a click and collect um, of a restaurant, and it's the when you stay in a hotel or for for breakfast, you you you, you go down, you go to the breakfast buffet, um, and you get a butter, you get a little butter to go with your bread roll, and that butter often is either frozen or so hard that you cannot actually spread it, so you end up with a a rectangle of butter in your roll, and you just I haven't got time when you're like working away to to start wait for it to cool down. I'll just stand here and wait for it to cool down, and then I'll spread it. Um, so yeah, it's 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 those refrigerated slash frozen butters that you cannot spread for love nor money. So um, I don't know if you chaps, Matt, you must have experienced that several times. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You need what you need it's, is a hot breakfast to put it underneath yeah, a plate on your toast, like or a, a hot egg. Doesn't it crisps exactly, and then you open it and it's just juice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. I, I pour I, it on. It annoys me anyway. Actually, it annoys me anyway that you get uh, butter from the fridge and it doesn't spread, and it just more. tears the bread apart. It does my head in? It's like it's like uh, bakers and dairy farmers pit their heads together and just just to wind me up. Yeah, well, everyone like to wind you up, <laughs> but yeah, that's that, that's mine. Is uh, is is hard whether it's frozen, refrigerated, whatever it is. Yeah, it comes yeah. in a bloody plate of ice as well sometimes. Um, Rich, what have you got for us? Mine is is trade vans. So people who, like back in the day, if you worked for a company, say BT, British Gas, you used to drive to the depot and pick up your van and do your day's work and then go back to the depot, pick your own car up. But obviously now a lot more people own these trade vans as obviously their own companies. So they've got to park them somewhere. They obviously got their own car as well. It just seems, they're just clogging up the streets. You go for any kind of, Living in Elmore Green is quite built up, and it um, every street corner seems to have a, a trade van parked on it. You know, some builders, some uh, electrician, plumber. No, just it's just parked vans on the roads. If you can't, if you've got, if you've got nowhere to well. park it. If you've got nowhere to park it off road, then you shouldn't have one. <laughs> but there's there's loads. There's there's a uh, my in laws. Their neighbour works for Virgin Media, and he's he's been at home for a year working from home. So he's mm. obviously not a someone who goes out fixing it. It's probably a. Why has he got a virgin van? Yeah, it's probably something that that has uh, been accentuated during the last year because people aren't 
going into the office or aren't going to a depot or something like that. It's, it's trying to do it from from home as much as they can. Obviously, it saves the company costs ultimately of having to have a, a oh, car yeah, park or, or, or something like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I can see your point. It's um, there's a particular road. You, get, you get your own car. You get your wife's car. So that's two cars already. You might have a teenage kid or two. So that's another mm. two cars. And you got your works van. Just yeah. parked on a on a corner. Or... Well, and some people might not not might not have their own transport, so they sort of it doubles up as a as a you know social. Yeah, then they should park on the, they should park on their drive, shouldn't they? Not everyone's got a drive. Well, get one. <laughs> don't have a house then if you ain't got a drive. <laughs> don't get a house. Don't get a car if you haven't got a drive. Simple. There you go. Rich Brown solved everything for you. If you Easy. haven't got a drive, get a drive. Okay? But when did when did when did it start? People now park on pavements or four wheels. Where did all that four start? wheels? Yeah, all four wheels on the pavement. That's impressive, isn't it? Blocking the whole pavement, blimey. Well, yeah, obviously not certain pavements where they're... It's like on the, say, a corner of a road where there's a bit of extra pavement. People just seem to park on there. Okay. Well, I think you should issue them a ticket. Citizen's arrest ticket. I've got the, I've got the power. <laughs> uh, you could try it, couldn't you? You could just make it up. Print one. Yeah, get one printed, design it. Sort get your face kicked in. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant, Matt. Go for it. Um, not being able to flash. Oh, right. well, 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 Rich does that every night when he takes a dog for a walk. <laughs> you better, you better uh, expand on that quite quickly. I, I will. I will. Um, so drive, driving over here is quite familiar because everything's on the same side of the road as the UK, which I think I've said before because it used to be an ex-British colony, same as Hong Kong, same as India, same as Australia. So. Broadly, driving is quite familiar, apart from being able to flash your lights to let somebody out or to, uh, if somebody's waiting, you can just, yeah, let, let them out. And that, that's not a thing here. So you've got no real way of communicating to somebody. So people just don't. And then you get really discourteous driving. Um, what people do use the lights are, flashing the lights for, is if they're coming at speed and they have no intention of slowing down, they will flash their lights to basically say, I'm coming through. So the first time you encounter this and you think, oh, they're going to let me out. They're <laughs> definitely not letting you out. Wow, that's so incredible. It, so an inability to be able to be courteous or to know what anyone else is doing because I can't flash my lights. Well, I mean, that's obviously very interesting but fairly niche to you so i can't see that <laughs> is, yeah. you're gonna get many votes for that <laughs> but I, I think you're fine i think you find it's actually illegal in this country to flash your lights because if i can read rule 110 from the <laughs> highway code flashing headlights only flash headlights to let other road, road users know that you are there do not flash your headlights to convey any other message or intimidate other road users so you right. shouldn't be well, flashing your light, you shouldn't be flashing lights over here to let people out or let people through. I can't see you getting fined for it, though, to be fair. No, but I'm just saying it is part of the highway. Code. Yeah. Oh, we all do it. We, yep. all, we all flash our lights to... Fine, you know, fine, you know. So, admits it, admits it. No, I, <laughs> I, I have been in a car accident where it's, um, on Midland Road uh, where somebody flashed a car to come out mm. and I, I ended up crashing into the side of that car because it wasn't me who flashed them out. So, the person coming the opposite way flashed him out. That person didn't look the way they should have looked. Wow. And I kind of T-boned them. Did that was the fault laid in your corner or? Well, no, because I was, I was just trying. It, the the fault was laid in the person uh, pulling yeah, out pulling out of the side road. So, wow. but they can say that the person come the other way, flash them out. 
Blimey. Interesting. Okay. Well, Matt, that's uh, it is very interesting. Um, I assume you must have fell foul of of it, or did you find out the hard way? No, I mean, I know. Unfortunately, I haven't found out the hard way. Um, but but just watching, just watching other people do it. Like there's there's a lot there's a lot of traffic light junctions where you get like a filter lane. Some of them don't have a filter lane. So can you and even people, like, if they, do that and say like yeah? So people so people do is they do that. They just like 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 a little fan. They just wave their hand for but, the listeners. But, <laughs> there's a there's some hand action going on. You got to do that. Wait, wait, waving my hand like a like a butterfly. The the no, but the thing is, often when it's sunny, you can't see the person behind the wheel doing it. So it makes it really difficult to, see, to um, know what people are doing. Kirsten gets annoyed that if I see a car with no lights on, and it's obviously nighttime Dark. or dusk, I flash my lights and she say, what are you doing that for? They don't know what you're doing. But to me, if I'm if yeah, I'm I driving know, at the road... I would know what you're doing. Yeah, that's what yeah, I say. If, I if, I, if I was driving at the road and someone flashed me, my first thought would be, right, what's... What are they flashing for? All oh, my lights are off. But she hasn't got me. Yeah. Oh, what are you flashing lights for? Well, there's a there's a remember the film Urban Legend, where they're driving along country roads, and the the urban legend is if you flash someone, that they will turn around, come after you, and kill you. Basically, um, I thought I thought it was if you flash, no, if, if you're say you're a female, for example, if you're driving on the road and someone's flashing you, don't stop because it could be someone trying to make you stop. Well, you get, I mean, you get probably, out to see. That's probably something completely different, but um, yeah, that, that's that's urban legend. If you haven't watched it, it's a bloody good watch, if I'm honest. Um, so yeah, that's that one. The other the other reason I would sometimes flash someone is uh, to alert them of some sort of, you know, camera that might take their speed, that sort of thing. See, that annoys me as well. Okay, right? <laughs> on, uh, it annoys me on Facebook, right? When people will put. Oh, speed camera on Mill Lane. Just if you're not you speeding, be, you shouldn't be yeah. going this. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're not, right. you should sit, not that I sit. No, you stick to the speed limit, but <laughs> admits it. Admits it. Just don't, don't speed. <laughs> Seventy miles an hour tops. Yeah. That's like saying, oh, there's, there's a policeman on the road. Don't go mugging anyone yet until he's gone. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Okay, well, let's take a vote. So, uh, so mine is uh, hard butter. Uh, Matt's is flashing in Singapore lights, <laughs> not not flashing anything else. Um, and Rich, remind me, uh, trade vans clogging up the roads. Okay, so Matt, you get to vote first. Well, as I've I've experienced it many times myself before, I've got to go with hard butter. Okay, uh, Rich. Yeah, same for me, Patch. Hard butter. Wow. Okay. Um, and I, I I can't vote for Matt with the think Singapore thing because it, it doesn't annoy me. Um, so <laughs> I'll, yeah. go for, I'll go for Rich by default. Um, right. I think, think I've won Room of Doom for yeah. about 100 episodes. <laughs> Happy birthday, Patch. Oh, that's what, oh, I knew there was a reason. <laughs> I knew there was a hidden agenda. To celebrate... Yeah, wait, um, wait. Go on, Matt. I was going to say, Patrick, you mentioned about the clarification around the flashing bit in Singapore. There's the other type of flashing. You're allowed to do out. that, are you? Yeah, that's fine. No, you, you're <laughs> definitely you're definitely not allowed to do it. But it's got a really interesting, they have a really interesting name for it because they they put plaques up of when or like these like A frames that say the police and they say something has happened in this spot. You know when you see like there's been an accident, appealing for witnesses like you see yeah. in the UK, you ju- they just report the number of crimes that have happened like so they'll say oh 10 bicycles were 
stolen in the last two years. Like it might be something ridiculous like that, or four people have been caught in the last three years for trespassing. There's the the concept of flashing is known as an outrage of modesty. Yeah. <laughs> That's <Outrage>. fantastic. <laughs> it's like something from the 18th century. Yeah, it's a polite, Somebody's yeah, polite way of saying the, it. <laughs> the outrage of modesty. That is brilliant. Um, you have to think of some more uh, names, Matt, for, for, for next time uh, of things that, that, that are different. That would be class. Um, okay, so in our final sort of um, segment is recommendations. I know, Matt, you watch a lot of British TV still, and you obviously Netflix and all that sort of stuff. So anything you guys can get, we can probably get too. Um, Rich, do you want to go first? What have you been watching on the box of late? Well, on, on the flicks, on the Netflix, it's called Capitani, and it's uh, set in Yugoslavia. It's pretty shit, right? Subtitled? It's dubbed. Right, okay. But I'm sure it's not dubbed. Now that you see these old like Bruce Lee films where it's kind of dubbed, but then the mouth... It's almost like they, it's almost like they were acting in English anyway, but they put kind of better, more clear accents, maybe. Hang on. If you say it, it, it's S-H-I-T, why are you recommending it? I'm because still... it's, a, it's addictive. Oh. So it's, 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 the acting's pretty shit, but again, that could that could be due to the dubbing, maybe because the, the dubbing's... Is, uh, yeah, it's set in a little village. There's um, Just they... before you go on, did have a couple of complaints from, um, you know, listeners <laughs> about your language in the last episode, because they do listen to it in the car with children. So if you oh. could just turn it down a bit. <laughs> I used to swear like I used to swear like buggery back in the day. Um, <laughs> but, um, buggery in a word, a swear word. Well, probably best not say it anyway. Well, I think they say kids, it any standard. Kids listening in the back of the car will now be saying, "Rich, um, mum, what does Rich mean by the term?" Yeah, carry on. Bugger, yeah, and their dad high five the mum. Yeah, so it's, um, it's setting. It's a few little kind of storylines within a storyline. So it ends up. It starts off with they find uh, a body, so a young girl who's a twin, but they, yeah, trying to solve how that happened. There's an army barracks situated in the village. So there's like kind of a, a drug storyline on, on the side and it all kind of just links up. This policeman who's been sent there has history with the village. So there's a lot of inter kind of twining storylines. It just, it just keeps you, well, that's why I just want to see the end of it basically to see how it happened. I mean, I could have just watched the last episode, but it just kept me, it kept me hooked. Even though it's not you know, groundbreaking acting, uh, it's nice, um, nice little villages filmed in, so that's quite nice, but yeah, mm-hmm. Capitani on Netflix. Okay, beautiful. Look I think it's only, I think it's only half hour episodes as well, which is always a uh, that's important for me, even though I did watch Your Honor on uh, Now TV, which was 10 episodes of an hour each, okay, with, with Brian Cranston. Yeah, he, he didn't come around to watch it with me, he was in it, right? So, um, I get that, all right, so yeah. So Capitani on Netflix, Your Honor on Night TV. Matt Penn. Um, Netflix, um, not all of it. Um, <laughs> the um, <laughs> uh, you've probably seen you've probably seen it and heard of it. I'm not sure it's been recommended as well. But Drive to Survive. So their Drive to Survive, their um, documentary, or I guess you call it a documentary about uh, Formula One. So they're on their third. Oh, yeah. season slash series now um and they have um just i just started watching the third season and they've uh it's from a year ago so typically it's a year and um 
year in retrospect and it's so it's February 2020 they're just about to start the uh, Melbourne Grand Prix in Australia and coronavirus is starting to sweep the nation and we all know the story of what's going to happen with coronavirus anyway they, they get to the point where they're literally hours from getting onto the grid and the the race is cancelled and it's like all of this it's, it's actually really really good kind of expose of um the inside of um formula one so what they typically do for an episode is follow one team around so that's with the, the team principal with the mechanics with um the drivers and it's it, it's all netflix produced they've got almost like a on uh you know all access to the teams when they follow them um this at this particular episode because it was about coronavirus didn't follow any one team it was kind of sound bites from all the different teams and they started to kind of how they started to react and you know the difference the different differences in the way that they approached it you know you had team you know i think it was um christian horner who uh who's um was he red bull um he was like no we'll just go ahead racing we'll you know we'll we'll kind of figure this out yeah you had Claire Williams from the Williams team was like we shouldn't be racing we shouldn't be here it's quite interesting to see those polarized opinions across guess, the, the team I, principles I guess in Formula One they're all wearing helmets so they're all like face masks with probably numerous filters in them and stuff like that I know obviously the crowds probably can't gather but even like the pit crew have all got helmets on haven't they Mm. the thing is there's a that's only really during that's only during the races they're all yeah, yeah, true. like in close quarters when they're setting up and you got, you got the, ta- the tactical team don't wear helmets do they the ones yeah. exactly yeah exactly yeah, the ones that just sort of sit on that like high bar stool so really good drive to survive third season slash series um very very good indeed uh well well put together as you can imagine a netflix original would be Okay. Do you see much? Do you see much of Lando Norris? I I used to work with his dad. I don't mean do you see much of him on this on this series? Do you <laughs> see a lot of him? Because I used to work with his dad back in the day. We played bridge every Thursday. No, it's um, <laughs> yeah, only in this this recent one. He's actually got um uh quite a few um parts actually. So yeah, he's um he features. Mm, okay. Um. Did you work with? His, did you were you there, Patch? When? Yeah, but I don't want to go on about it. Don't you? Well, uh, you name you name drop you name drop a <laughs> drop of a hat. Like a clanger, you are. Um, yeah, a oh, big thanks to uh, Dean Edwards, Joe Sims, Clinton Baptiste, Jeff Twentyman for my birthday messages. Um, so moving on to uh, me. Uh, so <laughs> I always me. <laughs> I very much enjoyed Zack Schneider's Justice League, although it was four hours long. Um, very good. I, I watched it in two hits, two two-hour hits. Um, obviously starring. Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman, and alike, uh, Aquaman, etc. But yeah, no, really enjoyed that. It's not. I'm not massively into the comic book films because I never read a comic in my life. But uh, yeah, I, I got it. Got to a point on the Marvel stuff where it, they were just churn. They seemingly churning them out more and more, and the CGI was getting more. Same and as more. Star Wars, isn't it? Well, go down cash cow, cash cow that road. Um, but yeah, I was really impressed with it. I think I'd left it a good couple of years since I watched one, like you know, one of one of these uh, superhero films. So I think I was due, I was due to watch one, and I really enjoyed it. That was great. Um, how Lone did you get? Duty. How did you get on with One Division? Patch? Did you 
So I still need to finish Persever. that, Rich. I completely forgot. And I do. I will watch that because I watched the first two episodes, three episodes, and I just couldn't understand for the life of me what was going on. It just yeah. all seemed like a really bad American comedy set in the 50s and 60s. Um, but then episode four, it sort of comes back into the modern day, doesn't it? And I, that had me interested. Yeah, and it tells you what is happening. Yeah, why they spent three episodes. I mean, it may come up, may go on to explain it, but why they spent three episodes to, with all of that stuff, it, a number of people must have switched off. Um, but yeah, looking forward to finishing that, as you mentioned. Um, but yeah, Line of Duty, I'm a massive fan of that. Um, all the old episodes are available on Netflix, but this uh, this new series slash season is it's a slow start. It's on episode two. Episode one was a little bit of a slow start, but there's always that cliffhanger to keep you involved to the next one. So um, episode two was much better last night. Um, so enjoying that. And Unforgotten is back on as well, which, uh, yeah, which is Christian also very good. Um, and yeah, really into those sort of police dramas. I watched Mar- Marcella as well which is great on on netflix so all along the same sort of lines police detective drama who done it murders that sort of thing um all very interesting but uh yeah that's pretty much uh it for me rich right i've i've compiled a 1981 quiz oh go for it let's have a look uh, at this sure. so the year you were both born so is how much you know about that year you were born obviously not things you grew up with so okay. number one hang on are we is it fingers on buzzers or let's jump in if you want just number one, music. Okay. Who went straight to number one with Stand and Deliver? Adam Ant. Adam and the Ants. Correct. Number two, which DIY store opened its, well, which DIY brand opened its first store in Croydon in 1981? b No. Matt, do you want to have a guess or should I just keep listing DIY stores? You're a bit slow. <laughs> Texas. Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Scottish band. Do you remember Texas? <laughs> they couldn't uh, run, they, material, uh, they Wicks, couldn't run a pig mill. Wix? No. Home base. Oh, okay. All right. Oh. In March 1981, Mark Chapman was sentenced to 25 years for the murder of who? March 1981. Blimey. Was it, did, did, he, did he murder somebody famous? Is it multiple? No, it was Joe at the road. No, um, yeah, somebody very famous, very famous, name worldwide. Obviously, the murder was oh, probably John the year Lennon. Before. John Lennon. John Lennon, correct. I got there first. So. Uh, 1981, wow. still. Which sitcom first aired in September 1981, starring David Jason? Only Fools and Horses. Correct. Was that 81, was it? Nice. Yeah, September 81, patch. Okay. Um, in which month of 1981 was the very first London Marathon? June. May. No. July. March. Uh, March. You're not going to do it in the height of the summer, Patch. What? In July. It's hardly 40 degrees, is it? Could be. Um, <laughs> in, in which sporting event did Sue Brown become the first female competitor? Is she related to you? No. Brown's quite a common name. So which events in 1981, in which sporting event did Sue Brown become the first female competitor? Pole vault. No. <laughs> uh, is, it, is it running at all? No. Oh, how oh, about yeah, horse, horse racing? No. Um, Boxing. No. Football. 
rugby, cricket. It's more of a, it's more of a sporting event rather than just a sport. <laughs> question of sport. London um, Marathon. No. Same kind of. On the, it's in London. Okay. Wow, that helps. Oh, uh, the boat race. Yes. The oh. university boat race. Which two British athletes beat um, beat the world record for the mile three times in ten days? Which British athletes broke the world record for the mile? This is men. Three times in ten days. Which two British? Oh, Steve Ovet and Seb Sebastian Co. Coe. Correct. Little team effort there. Thank you. Wow, I was going to get there. What was the name? <laughs> what was the name? Of the first space shuttle launched in 1981. Columbia. Correct. Question nine. Who was John Hinckley trying to impress with his attempted assassination of Ronald Reagan? Marilyn Monroe. No. I think she was dead by then, wasn't she? Don't know. Um, It is an actress, though. Oh. So 1981, which actress was John Hinckley trying to impress? Meryl Streep. No. Audrey Hepburn. No. Should I name some films she's famous for? Yes, please. Bugsy Malone. Taxi Driver. Michelle Pfeiffer. The Accused. Silence of the Lambs. Jodie Foster. Silence of the Lambs. Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. Uh, And question 10. Which UK band won the Eurovision Song Contest? In 1981. Fizz. Fizz. Yes. The Fizz. You can call them the Fizz. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Ten questions That's... on 1981. Very good, Rich. Very good. Well, I like it. A I did that in like way, five minutes earlier. A lovely way to end the episode. The so, yeah, big thanks to Matt for his tales from Singapore. Yeah. Um, and flashing his, and all sorts. His tales of flashing. <laughs> um, but next time you're on, Matt, I want some more... Singapore names for not flashing, but other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> My, minor misdemeanor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come, come up with something for that. But uh, yeah, then great to hear. Great to hear from from Jack from David Lloyd at the start. And uh, yeah, a landmark episode. Fortieth. Good luck. Good luck for turning fifty on the second of April, Rich. I'm sure. Thank you very much. I'm sure you'll be Happy a natural. Just any, just never day in it. Yeah. Never day in the life of Rich Brown. Exactly. Exactly. Will you get out of any chores or anything? Or have your breakfast made for you or anything like that? No, because my breakfast is very, it's like a, it's a, a treat for me, my breakfast. It's like a military operation, isn't it? It is. Four, uh, four porridge, types oat, of fruit. Well, no, it's, yeah, porridge, oat milk, uh, blueberries, honey, and a little bit of cinnamon powder. I bet you have it at like 7.22 every morning or something. No, I have it at about quarter past nine. So I start work at eight, do a good hour first, get myself up to speed. Mm. Quarter past nine, uh, 11 o'clock coffee, maybe with some almonds and some apricots. <laughs> if, if you feel fruity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, any... I'm a man of a routine. <laughs> have you got any plans for for um, for the Friday, the birthday? Well, Kirsten has told me to tidy up the garden just in case people do cry on Friday. So, Which they are allowed so to. I'm, I'm doing chores for my own birthday. So, um, yeah, so it's, obviously it's good Friday, so people can. But it's, it still was it, two households. The, new, the law changed today. Uh, yeah. There's two households. Six, six or people. two households. So if you've got two big families of five each, I guess that means 10. I'm just, I'm just waiting until April the 12th when it's 
pub gardens, things like yeah, that. Yeah, can't wait for that. Right, we're going to leave it there. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you like this episode, there's thousands of other episodes available in the archives. Um... <laughs> Watch out for the swearing. <laughs> Watch out for the swearing. There isn't, there isn't much, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I, I'm actually... Rich, I'm, I'm recording episode four or five of Robin's Reunited um, on Wednesday, which will be the Easter special. And that will be Scott Murray, Lewis Carey, and Tony Thorpe as the uh, as the special gift in the middle of the Easter egg. So um, looking forward to that. Um, if, well, got... if you could ask uh, Lewis Carey if, re- if he does remember coming to my wedding party. Never name dropped. Clanger. Right, yeah. Steve Lansdowne was there as well, so. Any more? <laughs> Lando That's Norris, it. was he there as a baby? Or probably no, born, was he? He wasn't invited. <laughs> even born right thanks for listening everyone take care we're going now for real this is it yeah uh, we are going <laughs> and that's the real quiz that's the real quiz <laughs> cheers speak soon everyone take bye bye thanks for having me white walls the feeling of home warm smiles crash and burn and the wheels keep spinning round and around and around it's Cheers.